Welcome to Get Your Shift Together, hosted by Michelle Ferrari. As an executive and leadership coach, Michelle's mission is to support you on your leadership journey, whether you lead a team of 5,000 or are seeking to improve your own self-leadership. Michelle's approach is to guide you in understanding the impact of your choices and actions and help you shift those choices and actions to align with your goals. Michelle's humor and expertise will leave you wanting more. I hope you're ready to jump in because it's time to get your shift together. All right, I'm back with Michelle and today we're discussing playing big versus playing small. I'm here to admit that there's been many times throughout my career in life that I have played both big and small. And I am here with you to help us figure out how we can play big in our careers and life. Michelle, so good to see you. Nice to see you. So to start, how, how do we understand what playing big versus playing small means if we give it some context? Well, and for the record, I too have played small <laughs> many times, um, but I definitely strive to, to play big. And, and here's what I mean by that. It's kind of twofold. Playing big versus playing small inherent in that statement for me is that you have to have the ability to listen to yourself. It's that quiet voice that tells you to go further, that tells you to speak up, that tells you to try, and you push that voice down. And you push that voice down often because of fear, fear of failure, fear of people's responses, fear of judgment, fear. Doesn't matter where the fear comes from, just, you know, capital F fear. And when there's this tiny whisper inside of you that's saying more, 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 and you decide to stay on the couch, that's what playing small is. Now, big is playing big does not mean you're going to win every time. The point of playing big isn't always to get the trophy. It's the act of trying that is where the bigness comes in. If you know you're going to win, that's not playing big because that doesn't require courage. It's the act of trying, of showing up, giving what you have, not knowing if you're going to make the play or not. When courage has to be present, that's playing big. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, I think someone, Tom Bilyeu on a podcast, he said something like, it's not knowing you're capable of a championship it's knowing you're capable of a championship performance brilliant tom thank you that's the right can i go onto the court center court give everything i have leave nothing on the seats and show up the results themselves are 
out of your control often, but it's knowing that you can, you can drive yourself to the edge. And as I'm listening to myself, one of the things that I want to reiterate here is, of course, you have to believe you can win the championship. You have to like, that has to be in your DNA. There's this duality of knowing you can do it, believing you can do it, but showing up doesn't require the trophy in and of itself. So, you know, often, and I, I speak to clients about this all the time, there's a lot of duality in how we show up in our lives. And we have to get comfortable inside of that duality. So what's a, what's an example, like plant sitting on the couch, um, you know, staying seated, not, you know, you have these analogies that we can speak about, but what's an example with, you know, a client that that's playing small um, or a career or life decision where you're not, not playing as big as you could. Well, often I will tell you where it comes in often is um, <laughs> in this socialized hierarchy that so many of us adhere to. And for some reason, I wasn't born with that, that gene where I deferred to title and position in an organization I never have. <laughs> Mom, thanks. Um, but, but most of us do. And inside an organization, a decision's being made, a strategic decision's being made. And your vice president and your senior vice president has said, this is the decision that we're taking. And you know, it's taking the organization down the wrong path. Many people will not say, I think this is taking us down the wrong path and this is why because they will say things to me like, well, the decision's already been taken. There was no point in me saying anything. Or he's more senior to me and I, you know, he's got a bit of a temper and I just didn't want to take him on. That's playing small. You have to, you don't have to do anything. When you're being called to say something, to do something, that's the door you have to walk through. And Jordan, you and I have talked many times about these, the ideas of these doors, right? Like all of us want to walk through door number four, five, and six without ever putting our handle on door number one, our hand on, on door number one's handle. You have to walk through door number one. And door number one in this situation that I'm describing is you have to call it out. You have to say something. Don't worry about what the response is going to be. You are simply being called to state your opinion. And a lot of the time, I deal with a lot of senior executives and I deal with a lot of executives who want to be senior executives. And I, I, I will confidently say to you that that is often the critical differentiation. Are you willing to risk are you willing to stand for something in the face of opposition? Are you willing to show up in your fullness? Like, I'm not asking you guys to be asses. Like, I'm not asking you to be difficult and contrarian and asses. <laughs> Many words I could think of. But to voice your opinion, to point out your perspective, 
doesn't make you an ass. It makes you a voice. It makes you a light. And we all need lights. We all like, we all got to be reaching for those light switches more and more often. For sure. And, and I think I, I can relate to just saying in my past parts of my career, just saying, Hey, someone made a decision and it's kind of just easier to go along with it. Yeah. I think that it is difficult at times to, especially if you don't think your voice is going to make a difference, but maybe that's the mistake right there. You just nailed it. How can you know if your voice is going to make a difference or not, if you haven't used it? And Jordan, look, I say things to clients all the time. And like, it's not like I, we engage in conversation with clients and after every phone call, they go, oh my God, Michelle, that was life-changing. Oh my God, I totally get what you mean. And I'm totally going to implement it. And my life has changed as of today. That is not what happens. Sometimes we have a conversation, the client is in resistance to what I've been called to say. So, so as a coach, and I'm very specifically using the terminology, I'm being called to say it. Because when I'm listening to a client, I listen to everything that they have to say, and then often I will pause and, and a response comes to me and I have the human reaction of, Ooh, I have to point that out to that person. Oh, I don't love that. Like, I don't love pointing out to a client, you are being a jerk, but if I stand for encouraging, supporting people in showing up as the best version of themselves, I'm being called to say that thing, which no one else will say. It's uncomfortable for me, but Mm -hmm. very often, like, and by very often, I mean daily, multiple times a day, I am willing to sit in my discomfort and the discomfort of my clients, because I know to my core, that is the thing that they need to hear. Now, they don't have to agree with me. They don't have to embrace it. They don't have to say, thank you. I'm simply being called to say it. Their reaction is their reaction. I have clients get mad at me. I have clients have, we have a difficult call. And then the next week they're, they cancel the call because something came up. Oh, really? Yeah. Me being a mirror. That's what came up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's you bl- b- playing big right there. There's an example. Cause you're, that's me playing you're big. getting out of that comfort zone and you're, you know, willing to, willing to do that in order to perform the role you need to perform. Think about sales, um, sales, people, sales executives. One of the most powerful things you can do in a sales conversation, in a sales relationship, is tell the client that you have an alternative perspective to theirs. Like a lot of the times we encounter salespeople who, you know, a client's just espousing some bullshit about something. And then you see the sales guys, saleswomen going, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, in their head, the dialogue is, well, that is never going to work. That's a disaster waiting to happen. Play big. Be willing to say to a client sitting right across the table from you, look in their eyes, you know, like in 2024 when the pandemic's over. (laughs) (laughs) Be willing to look in their eyes and say, can I offer you an alternative perspective? Risking the sale. 
Like, you know, of course, speaking up might risk the sale. But you're also risking building a long-term, deeply trusting relationship with that client because they finally have someone who's willing to speak the truth to them. That's playing big. For sure. And if you're not going to speak up, you probably are losing the sale anyways. And I like how you say that about how, hey, can I give you an alternate perspective or an alternate thought? It's a really good way to put it. Yeah, because Um, what I have to say or my view of it is not right at all. That took me a super, super long time to learn. Some days my friends would tell you I'm still learning that, but (laughs) no, no, I'm right. But I try to practice. I should probably practice more in my personal life. Just saying I have an alternative perspective. So why, you know, playing big versus playing small, why, why should I care? And I know you've said to me before, you know, it's playing small doesn't serve the world is something you've said. Yep. But as you're speaking about comfort and discomfort, you know, who, who's this conversation for? Because there's a lot of people that are okay just playing small and, and sitting, you know, not putting themselves out of that comfort zone. Totally. Listen, and if you're okay, have at it. Netflix and chill. Like that's, I think I just showed my age because that's not what that means, but um, (laughs) (laughs) if you're okay, keep sitting on the couch. So, which is why I'm really using this terminology of if you're being called to, because the reason my business is thriving, the reason I have a waiting list is because people wake up and they're uncomfortable. They don't feel complete. They don't feel satisfied. They feel stuck on the, on the lighter side. They feel like there's a couple of, you know, they could get a little bit better. They want to really use all of them. I'm speaking to those people because not playing big over the course of time is kind of like a leaky faucet. One or two drips, you don't really notice. But it starts to build, it starts to build, it starts to build. And suddenly you get your water bill and you're like, what the hell? (laughs) So it's cumulative. The sense of dissatisfaction when you are called to play big, you ignore it or hang up on it. Over time, that's a cumulative, what I like to call residue. And then sometimes you can't trace it back to what's wrong with me? Why am I sort of, eh, why am I melancholy? Why am I edgy? What is that residue about? Well, it's about years of not leaning into who you are and who you're being called to be. That's why. Now, if people don't want to listen and they want to keep ignoring that voice and hanging up on that voice that they're being who however they're being called you know that keeps me in business so (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding I'm kidding I would rather all have you play big than me have a lifetime of business so we're getting called to play big we want to play big you know how, how do you explain to people or what are the strategies you give them to and get out of that comfort zone when you're making a comment to a client and you're like, well, I could just really 
you know, make this other comment and this would make it a lot more easy for the way I felt. Is that something you just, is that repetition in, in a practice or? It's you know? practice. It yeah. is practice. Um, you know, my favorite word. And it's a, a big part of it is getting clear on a daily basis of who you want to be. So one of the simplest and, and favorite tools that I have is when I'm really playing big, Jordan, before my feet hit the floor in the morning, I've already set the tonality and the energy for my day. So I come to consciousness, right? You know, that state where you're just waking up and you kind of don't want to open your eyes. Before I open my eyes, I will very consciously set the tone for my day. Who do I want to be that day? Now, for me, and again, I understand that sometimes for people, this can be uncomfortable. Given that I'm a deeply spiritual person, for me, I have a conversation with God. Other people have a conversation with the universe. Other people have a conversation with themselves, right? The, the, the big you lives inside of you. So if the, if the word God makes you uncomfortable, have a conversation with yourself and just say, Michelle, today you're going to show up in the fullness and worthiness of who you are. Today, those big things that are coming at you in your meetings, you're going to welcome them with open arms and you're going to be excited by the opportunity to show the world who you are. That I set my tone for the day and then I go on. And I do realize that I just sounded like that guy on Saturday Night Live. You're good enough. You're smart enough. And gosh, darn it. People like you. Can't remember that guy's name. But um, so that's a big tool. And I, you know, and then you repeat that to yourself throughout the day. Another tool, as you're getting into the practice of playing big, because it, you know, almost everything that we talk about, Jordan, is a practice. Ask yourself in the morning, where can you play big that day? What's one thing? One thing, not 10 things, right? You just put in your hand on door number one. What's one thing you can do to play big? And for clarity, I'm not saying you march into a client and you look at them and you go, look, I heard what you said the other day, but that is just stupid. It's never going to work. I don't know what you were thinking. Who are your advisors? Here's what you need to do. That's not playing big. That's playing stupid. <laughs> Again, fine line. But saying, okay, today I'm going to ask my client if they would like to hear an alternative perspective. That's it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to ask them. Thanks for telling me what you thought, Bob. Would you like me to share my perspective on this situation? Just asking that question is playing big. Saying that to the senior vice president, saying, saying that to the CEO. That's a really um, interesting decision that you've taken there. Thanks for sharing that with me. Would you like to hear my perspective? That's playing big. When you're speaking about the morning, when you're speaking with God or you're having a conversation with yourself or whoever it may be, I guess that's really you not giving yourself an option that day. Like you're not mm -hmm. giving yourself an out. And it's interesting. There's some, there's some people, I know Tony Robbins does it where he jumps into a, 
a cryogenic pool or whatever it is. It's like freezing water. And uh, I think the comment is that they don't give themselves a, a, a choice. They don't give their body a choice that day. They're just doing it on a daily basis. And it sounds like that's the practice you have. Um, well, you know what? Here's what I want to say. As you're saying that to me, I actually think what I'm trying to say is actually the opposite. Okay. I'm talking about conscious choice. Ah. So I think, right? I do think okay. that we always have a choice. And sometimes playing big, it's enough just to bring to consciousness that you do have a choice. So we, I think that the incredibleness of being a human being is that we always have a choice. We have the choice to take advantage of people or play fair. We have the choice to move towards our vision in our life or for safety reasons and comfort reasons, stay where we are. We have a choice to be kind to people when we're angry and to summon all of our energy and be kind and gracious when we're angry. We always have a choice. That's what makes us different than animals. And I, I think I'm calling people to conscious choice, particularly as leaders, because of course your individual choices have an impact, small and big. But when you step into the mantle of leading others, when you, when you step into the responsibility and accountability of leading others, getting conscious is critical. Do I want to play big or small as I lead people? Here's, here's, here's an example. As the CEO of an organization, obviously for my shareholders, I am called to profitability. I'm right. I, here's the, here's the target EBITDA. As the CEO, you understand that, but you also, one of your personal values and hopefully organizational values that you've instilled in the culture is equality, recognition of the disenfranchised. So, you know, and, and a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about that, um, CEO who gave everybody raises to $75,000 because of the happiness quotient. Yes. That was playing big because he had a lot of people, a lot of talented accountants and seasoned executives saying that's, that's company suicide, but he wanted to make the company profitable and align to his core values. That's playing big and that's conscious choice. Where, what about the, so how do you deal with the inner critic in your head? Or is that the self-sabotaging voice as you're trying to, to play? I have befriended, I have befriended her. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I have befriended her. We all have them. And listen, listen, as, as a, a leadership coach, I have the privilege of talking to a lot of financially successful people and people who wear the societal banners of success. All of them have saboteurs. I have, I have never spoken to a client where a saboteur is not present. 
Now I have spoken to, <laughs> I have spoken to a client where they're not aware they're saboteurs. <laughs> um, sorry. I have, I have names flipping in my head right now. Um, so they have we, that self-sabotaging voice, but they're not aware of it. Well, because, you know, saboteurs are sneaky and they can make us do things that are not in alignment with our core values from a self-protection mode, right? Like saboteurs like you to play small. So I can spot those guys a mile away. But so, so my saboteur is present to this day. I just have a different relationship with her and I'll, I will, and not always Jordan, right? Like I always want to make sure that I'm saying <laughs> I have days where I feel awful and I want to play small. And some days I give myself permission to play small, but I also put a timeline on it. Like I will, you know, some days it's like, okay, I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to be around people. I just want to be small today. And I will shut the curtains and give myself that space. And then the next day I call myself to play big. But in terms of conversation with my saboteur, rather than ignoring her or rather than giving her the steering wheel, I say to her, listen, I, I get you have a perspective here. Thank you for showing up but that perspective you created from 20 years ago and I've grown a lot since then. So I've got this, but thank you for showing up and warning me. And I've got this and just go to the back of the bus. You know, my favorite school <laughs> bus analogy, back of the bus, back that's of the your, bus. That's a good analogy. And I like that you, uh, you speak with your inner self saboteur that, that way. It's like someone, someone I, heard say uh they'll say to their inner critic or whatever like hey little buddy because it's it it was someone coming up from their child like hey little buddy like i see you there i understand what you're saying but same thing you're doing yep it's a it's just a look saboteurs i mean there's different perspectives on this at one time or another your saboteur showed up to to keep you safe but because our brain is actually still pretty, like it hasn't evolved as quickly as humanity has evolved, right? We still have that reptilian part of our brain, fight or flight. You just have to speak to that part of yourself that says, I've got this, I'm safe. And I'm going to try and nothing, you know, I'm going to try. For sure. And I, I think it's also important that you pointed out um, that, you know, it's okay some days if, if you're not feeling it, it's okay to play small once in a while, because I think that's key. You can't always be, you know, I'm always hard on myself that, hey, that's today I'm not playing big, but you can't do it, I guess, 30 or 31 days out of the month. One of my favorite uh, stories that I read uh, was about Mother Teresa. And Many years after her death, they discovered these letters that she wrote to God, where basically she was having a fisticuffs with God going like, are you kidding me? Like, this is what you want me to do? Like, these people are not grateful. This is too, like, it's too hard. <laughs> okay, yes. And I figure if Mother Teresa can have those moments, so can I, because I'm pretty freaking far from Mother Teresa. So. <laughs> 
Hey, I love that. I'll just think of Mother Teresa next time. Right. Um, so in terms of what people can do today, it's, it's about, you know, just picking one thing in the day where you can play big or picking a few things and just knowing you have the confidence to do that and continue to do that day after day. Yeah. And, and Jordan, I would say pick one thing, like don't pick a few mm-hmm. things. Okay. Pick one thing today. Pick one thing tomorrow. Pick one thing. What is that? conversation that that niggling little voice in your head has told you to have but you have successfully ignored it what's that conversation that you're being called to have what is that request that you've been putting off and you know I can think of a million of them do you want to raise and you think you really deserve it but you don't think your boss is going to be open to it that doesn't mean you shouldn't ask the question Is there um, a team that you want to join and you're not sure you're a good enough soccer player? Try, try out. Is there a friend where something has occurred in the friendship, something has shifted and you're both ignoring it? Step into it. Show up, playing big means showing up stop ignoring that little tiny whisper that is i guarantee you guys it's in guys and women women and men it is inside of all of us listen to it shake hands with it acknowledge your saboteur tell your saboteur you have it the wisdom and we all have deep inherent wisdom inside of us. It is there for our use. It's there for our taking. Shake hands with your wisest self. Bring them up to the front of the bus so that they're driving to your destination. I like how you just said, you know, it means showing up and it's trying to figure out, you know, something you've been maybe putting off or you know you have to do you know you have to do it you know you have to do it and don't look for if if it's a big thing like if it makes you nauseous thinking about the thing that you have to do do one thing that's how I get through my tax season or not as in sometimes I don't get through my tax season (laughs) it's a nemesis for me um But like, don't sit down and say you're going to eat the whole pie. Just carve out one piece of pie and eat that piece. Door number one, door number one. I have a lot of analogies. Wow. Well, we're going to eat that piece today and and going forward. And I look forward to this coming out. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to follow Get Your Shift Together on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and visit michelleferrari.org to learn more. This has been Jordan Harding with Michelle Ferrari reminding you to get your shift together. Join us next time.